up in this episode, I chat with Stephanie Smiths O'Callaghan about a new Facebook group dedicated to destination charging. We talk about those new jolt chargers, what they mean. We learn how to install a Tesla supercharger. Yeah, you heard that right. And we learn more about charger etiquette, how to conduct yourself around the charger. I'm Alex, and this is NZ All It's Tesla podcast. So I've come over to Hamilton and I'm sitting in the front room of a beautifully modernised steakhouse. Great taste shown here in the, the decor and trimmings. Very nice to be here. So, hello Stephanie. Yeah, hello Alex and thank you very much for having me on your podcast. It's exciting. Oh, it's great to have a, a, a nice voice like yours on our <laughs> podcast to listen to. So, I've been here before, haven't I? Yes, you have, you have, yeah, you've actually interviewed my husband, uh, Ron. <laughs> yeah, so we talked all about Hickatron, so today won't be about Hickatron, uh, today will really be about some of the surrounding sort of knowledge and experience that you bring, and I realise obviously that's the basis behind starting Hickatron, but it's also the basis of a new Facebook group, isn't it, that, yes, you've, that yeah. you've started? Yes, Tell us it about is. that. So I guess, as you know, um, well, you can tell from my accent, I'm from the UK. Yes. I have married a Kiwi, and uh, we actually lived in the UK for quite some time, five years, and we had our EV there, so I have got that sort of experience driving EVs, not only in New Zealand, but also in Europe, which is quite exciting. Right, yeah. and would it be fair to say that they were a little bit further along the adoption pathway, do you think? Yes, or, definitely. Yeah, yeah right. I think Ron likes to say it's like looking into a crystal ball, so <laughs> they're about sort of three to five years ahead, I'd say, in terms of the adoption curve, and I right. guess you, you start to see those things that come out with that um, sort of higher adoption rate. <laughs> At the same time, it's probably a slightly different cross-section, because we've got a lot of Japanese import cars here, yes. which they wouldn't have in the UK. They, they tend to have a higher proportion of new new cars. But then again, we've also got lots of new EVs coming onto the road. So. Yeah, I think the market's changing dramatically. And I guess that's where um, myself and Ron differ in the sense that what he l- tends to love in terms of EVs is the technical side. So it's yes. more sort of, he's an engineer, he likes to know the what and the why and how it works. Yes. But um, what fascinates me more about EVs, not that I don't love to know how they work, it's more that they change our driving habits. So okay. I really, really find that really fascinating. And I guess going back to uh, the Facebook page, that's sort of taken me to a place where I really want to understand uh, how that dynamic's gonna change where, as we adopt more EVs. No longer do we have to go to the petrol forecourt mm. to fill up our cars. I'm glad yes. you raised that point because I think most people who are new to EVs still have what I call a filler-up mentality, yes. which is that this needs filling up before I can drive anywhere, <laughs> yeah. and then how far can I drive before it needs filling up again? Because exactly. most of the people that have asked me about my Tesla have, have always asked, you know, how far does that go on a charge? Yeah. And I sort of say, well, I'm not sure that's always relevant because I rarely drive as far as it can go on a charge. Yeah. The main thing is I set off every day with it fully charged, and that's the difference. Yes, and that's that's the beauty of EVs. So actually, they're way more convenient 90% of the time than a petrol car, because I no longer have to fill it up somewhere else. I can do that at home. Maybe I can even do that at work when that opportunity comes along, or even at my destination. And that's the point I find really fascinating. And I guess the point that I, sort of coming to New Zealand, realised that maybe was a little bit lacking compared to Europe, where maybe it's a bit more developed there. We have a few more sort of destination charges around and AC charging. And the opportunity I saw with the Facebook group is to create a space, 
and maybe a community where we can discuss ideas, share knowledge, but maybe also even propose locations for where we think, great, this could be an idea for a destination for charging. Right, for example, an airport car park or airport park and ride service or something like that. Yeah, I think in the early days of EVs in New Zealand, even those of us that drove EVs were guilty of the fact that we'd look at one of those fast chargers somewhere in, in town at a supermarket and we'd sort of think, oh, that's my option. I'll go there and fill up and then I'll go and do what I was going to do in the town. And yet we need to get away from that, don't we? Because we need to see the destination. So what, what we're going to be doing in the town that's really where we should be charging our car because if we're going to be there for more than say four hours I come over to Hamilton and some of the jobs I do take me four or five six hours and that's plenty of time for a destination charge because we tend to talk about AC charging for destination Mm -hmm. charging don't we so this uh, really comes with a couple of benefits I guess Mm -hmm. one is that it's cheaper to install yes exactly yeah and and i guess i guess to explain a bit more what we mean specifically about destination charging i think um, a destination charger allows us to uh, charge as the secondary activity and that's always 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 sort of home in as a quite an experienced ev driver i always want to passively charge never actively charge what i mean by that is i don't want to be waiting for my car to charge it happens while i do other things and you're exactly right and that's the only way forward because In the early days, the charging was the main activity. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we, we would take time out of our schedule just to recharge the car. Yeah. And the car had a relatively low range, and so you know you had to stop several times. I made a trip once from Bulls to Hamilton in an early Leaf, and I, um, well, I stayed the night in Thai Happy, you know, because <laughs> it just wasn't practical otherwise. Yeah. But I think this is something that will change. Mm-hmm. As we've got better knowledge of destination charging, mm-hmm. I think this will become the most common way to charge the vehicle, either at home or at work or at a destination. Definitely. I kind of think of it, yeah, sorry, I mentioned home. That's because I see home as a destination. You know, yeah. if, I, if I'm going home, that's where I'm going to charge. Exactly that. And actually, funny you say that, um, in Europe, and because obviously Europe allows you to travel as a vehicle a lot easier, um, we actually only planned our trips around hotels that would provide that service to us, overnight charging, because it meant that we could then continue our road trip not having to stop during the day. It happens while we're sleeping. Another great example is, for example, the ski field. And I know Ron always loves this one. Um, so if you're sort of going to Ruapihu for the day skiing, yep. You know, we would have to probably top up on, on the way there or way back. But yes. if we were able to charge while we're up the mountain, yeah. how amazing is that? We don't have to stop on our way back when we're tired and we've done a full day skiing. So, Alternatively, for those of us that are staying in the area, <laughs> being able to charge at the, the lodge that you're staying at would make a massive difference. Because otherwise, if you had to turn up there with a low battery, I can think of nothing worse than planning the following morning to stop at a fast charger on the way to the mountain at exactly 7.53am when all the other drivers are thinking (laughs) the same thing. And so to avoid these crunch points, that's why we've got to have people charging at their destinations. Yeah, exactly that. So So, yeah, that's why I... I see. So the group is to to share these ideas about locations, um, probably also to establish the equipment to use. Now, obviously, Hikatron's in this space, but there are other... Um, providers of equipment that the, the strength of the Hikatron equipment is mainly in the ability to um, bill the the end mm-hmm. customer but 
uh, in some situations that's not necessary obviously mm-hmm. yeah. and so there's other players in the market yeah that, definitely yeah. yeah so full disclaimer obviously I'm director of Ecotron <laughs> but the community really is about promoting destination yeah. charging just because I think it is more convenient yes. and it's, it really is the way to sort of yes. do it best I think so, that's yeah. right and nobody yeah. else seems to be focusing on that market yeah. in yeah. fact we've just had some charging announced or some new charges announced in the last few days been in the news and these uh, jolt i think is <laughs> yeah. jolt charges yeah, yeah it is. it's funny you say that i think we've had about six people email us <laughs> in the last few days they've obviously made big news um so right. yeah, yeah, they, yeah they've hit the ground running haven't they or... yeah and i think any additional charging infrastructure is welcome um so yeah whatever we're about to say don't you know, don't assume that we're against jolt charges no. arriving. It's just the reason that we're having a conversation, I think, is that we're all curious how it's going to fit into the landscape, how it's yeah. going to complement the other charges yeah. that are already out there. So at, at the moment, for example, we've got high-speed chargers going in. We've got hyperchargers, as they're called, going in. And obviously, we've got Tesla superchargers. And these are for people like myself who make quite long trips, and we want to be able to charge during those long trips. Now, I think those are the only type of people that should be using high-speed chargers. <laughs> Historically in New Zealand, we've had all sorts of people using fast chargers. We, we've had people that have been avoiding charging at home. We've had people who have been uncertain of how else to charge. Mm-hmm. We've had people who have stopped at a hypercharger, plugged in, and waited for their e-golf to reach 100%, <laughs> which takes... An hour, yeah. so that's a total waste of a high-speed charger <laughs> yeah. because they're charging at one kilowatt. And so clearly, there's so much to learn. You know, yeah. there's so much for everybody to learn about which charger types there are and how to use yes, them. Definitely, and I think it's an interesting coming back to Joel. It's an interesting business model. Um, you know, having a billboard to support the sort of charging infrastructure. Um, I think it has its place, probably. Um, probably best suited to retail type environments. I think you know, Mighty Ten has has obviously seen that. But we probably don't want Tokyo billboards popping up on every public space. So I guess it's limited to, you know, where, where we can have them. Uh, right. Okay. So Jolt are seeing there. It's almost like a bus stop then. It's, <laughs> it's sitting there and people are seeing it. And, yeah. Right. And they're making a point, aren't they, of giving you a free seven kilowatts. Mm. What's well, actually seven kilowatt hours. Because <laughs> I found that quite confusing. Because the news release I said, it said seven kilowatts. And I thought, ah, oh, so it's an AC charger. Mm-hmm. But it's not. No. It's a DC charger. 25 kilowatts is the charge rate. Yes. And you get 7 kilowatt hours of electricity for free. Yes. I think we worked out the time that is about 10 minutes. Obviously, right. give or take on depending on what car you have, but roughly about that. They've yeah. worked that out carefully, haven't they? Because yeah. <laughs> they've realised that if you plug in for 10 minutes, you're probably going to leave it there for 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah probably. Um, I mean, yeah. Who, who, who drives to a charger and then only charges for 10 minutes pretty unusual <laughs> so run, yeah run around might attend to get you at your pits <laughs> well, i see your point though yes yeah, so at might attend that may be a good point actually in that the average length of a, a visit to might attend probably is about 20 minutes mm-hmm. or, or less so yeah i see your point mm-hmm. i've looked at this and i my initial thought i'm not fond of 25 kilowatt charges i see them as neither one nor the other so i don't see them as a destination charge because they're too fast so I'm not going to charge overnight on a 25 kilowatt charger. And I also don't see them as a trip charger because they're not fast enough. Yes, exactly. But now I can see that yeah, being located at Mitre 10 
maybe that's a little different. So it's basically a higher speed destination charger, isn't yes. it? Is yeah, that right? I think so. That's what I, how I see it. But yeah, we'll, we'll let them do their thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I wondered what sort of people would use it. I mean, who drives 100 kilometres to Mitre 10? You know, I was a bit, yes. bit sceptical about who actually needed it, yes. put it that way. Yeah. Who, who do you think needs them? And, and will they be at other locations other than Mitre 10, do you think? Oh, I, I, I think, yeah, it, it is that awkward sort of level of time, like you said, and I think it really only does suit a use case where it is, you know, an in and out um, 10, 20 minutes. So, right. So um, I was yeah. being a bit uncharitable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I thought of an application. I, I thought that airport valet parking, oh, yeah. for example. Oh, yeah. So there are two possible solutions here. Either there could be a row of AC chargers. People could turn up in their EVs, plug them all in, mm -hmm. and they'll just charge up and then sit there ready for when the people come back. That's one possibility, and that requires a whole bank of, of AC chargers to be installed because obviously there's a number of EVs turning up. The other possibility is you have just one 25-kilowatt charger, and the parking attendants are aware of when the drivers are returning, and so they'll get the car out half an hour beforehand, plug it into the 25-kilowatt charger, and that'll sort of juice it up ready for when the driver mm -hmm. gets back. So I can see that these 25-kilowatt chargers are obviously a useful application. They'd also be useful at uh, Hamilton EV, for example, where they <laughs> have a lot of flat cars, and suddenly somebody wants to take one for a test drive. Yep. You have about half an hour to get it ready. What are you going to do? Mm -hmm. um, either you have to drive down the road and use a 50-kilowatt fast charger. Um, given that it's a leaf, the charge rate probably won't be 50 kilowatts, so the 25-kilowatt charger is probably yep. ideal anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so I think it does have its place in certain yeah. locations. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so, okay, great, all right, well, we wish them all the best, as yeah. I say, because yeah. we, we definitely need more chargers, there's definitely. no doubt about that, uh, it's just there's obviously a little bit of a misunderstanding, or, or, or some people are uncertain of where those chargers should be, and Steph and I obviously feel that they should be at destinations, we, we think that's the most convenient, mm -hmm. practical method. We have had people, haven't we, say to us, oh, why would we pay for a slow charge, mm -hmm. something I hear quite often. And, of course, for me, it's convenience. Mm -hmm. I turn the question around and I sort of say, well, why would I drive somewhere else to a faster charger and pay the same amount? Yes. Plus yeah. have to give up time waiting for the faster charger. Yeah, Ironically, yeah. a fast charger can actually be slower if you have yeah. to wait for it while it's charging. Exactly, yeah. Whereas, Coming back to sort of passive yeah. and active charging. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, you always kind of aim for that passive charge. Um, and I guess there's a point as well that power is delivered you pay the same amount for power whether it's delivered fast or slow unfortunately um so from a charge point operator's point of view you know we've got to consider that um obviously the infrastructure behind it is a lot, a lot less to install ac yep. relatively and um, but we do need to install a lot more of them um really yeah. in, in comparison to fast chargers if we're yeah. really going to get a good balanced ecosystem because when we look to europe at the moment about 90 percent of chargers public chargers are ac not dc Right, Which okay. Which is an interesting fact, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just say again about the point from the charge operator's, charge point operator's perspective. I guess you're trying to maximise utilisation. Is, mm -hmm. that, is that what yes. we're saying? Yes, we are, yes. We, yeah, we want yeah, people to use the charge as much as possible, of course. I guess a big bit of a barrier there is with the Type 2 socket and the AC chargers and destination chargers has been the fact that not everyone has their Type 2 cable. Oh, right. Yes. Um, however, that is a recommendation from NZTA. Um, yes. So 
that that we have to do for public places and that just means that no tethered cables yeah. you know they create trip hazards they can be unsafe if they're damaged yes. um so yeah i, I you think would, you yeah. wouldn't believe the number of people who've called me people <laughs> yeah. who've bought an ev yes and they've called me for advice and they've said oh i've, I've turned up to use the fast charger and it doesn't fit yeah <laughs> And I've had to sort of do a bit of detective work. And what it's turned out is that they've turned up to some wall boxes with tethered cables. Yeah. And half the cables are type 1 cables yeah. and half the cables exactly. are type 2 cables. And that's another one, yeah. So there seems to be, you know, you think that you're providing a useful service, but actually you're creating some, you know, doubt and confusion because people aren't clear how many cars can actually charge at once. Yeah, and definitely. Like and, and who knows where the market will go. Yeah. Um, so at the moment, you know, Nissan Leafs are pretty popular. But the Teslas are sort of catching up there, I think. So again, you know, which plug will dominate? Having that socket means that anyone can plug in with their cable. I guess a plug there is that, yeah, we he could undo cell cables. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. We'll put that on. So, so I also yeah. wanted to I also wanted to ask you about uh, how to install a supercharger. So mm. bit of, bit of fun here because. We're talking about Tesla superchargers, the type that are difficult to install in places like New Plymouth. Um, <laughs> now, Steph here has actually had some installed. T tell us about the story. Yeah. Firstly, it wasn't here, was it? It wasn't in New Zealand. <laughs> no, it wasn't in New Zealand, unfortunately. My family have a site in, in the UK. It's in East Sussex, so southeast coast, uh, about an hour away from, from London, and it's called Flimwell Park. And oh, right, yes, and that's a business park, is it? So it's a mixed-use woodland, sustainable woodland development. Oh, right, yes. so it's actually, it is like a park. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, it yeah, is. So, yeah, um, yeah Flimwell, um, and it is next to a woodland, so the site was bought, it was quite a derelict site, it was bought, um, and we've developed it since into a mixed-use uh, development containing workshops yeah. we've got a cafe on site we have an educational space when you say workshops yes. what sort of workshops so to be honest it's a mix we we did want to get sort of you know more sort of creative types in there but obviously as a landlord you can only go with who applies um so workshop is, is office space really right so it's um, not what i think of no. so when <laughs> yeah. a new zealander hears the word workshops we yeah. think of um, bang 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 yeah, yeah. zap zap welding and no, so uh, you know I'd say, mm, saws and yeah, yeah. No, so, so it's more workshops yeah yeah, so, so we're talking about, yeah, the thought space kind of... It know. is. Although right. we do have a potter in one, so it's oh, okay. baked pottery. Oh, right. um, and we have a photographer. So we do try and, we did try and get a mix of oh, people okay. there, but again, you can yeah. only go with what the market dictates. So, right. yeah, sort of that, um, that sort of uh, commercial element is on site, and it brings sort of interesting biz businesses to that location. Right. Does it bring a lot of visitors with Teslas? I guess that's the Yes, question. I guess that's the point, yeah. So <laughs> I guess with that story... Um, we very early on when we started building the site um actually even pre pre-development my dad did have a tesla he probably was one of the first in the uk to have a model x and he i think quite fancied having a supercharger at that site to make it easy for him to get get there but also because the landscape in that area was very sort of limited in terms of fast chargers in that that sort of area of the country and so we actually contacted tesla and said you know this actually would be a great site because it is on that arterial route down to the coast um, it makes sense to have one there. There was not much else around in that location. We actually had to detour to get back to London a lot of the time. Um, and so we did contact them first. And I guess Tesla being a rapidly going 
company you know they really are growing fast I think we all find those pinch points now with servicing and everything and yeah it's it's like that when you contact their development team they probably said yes you know we'll, we'll keep keep an eye on the site um, but at the moment it wasn't wasn't really really sort of a, a yes so just uh Clarify the timeline for yes, us. So, so that when did you when did you first approach Tesla? Yes, that was about three years ago when we started. So that was very very early on. We hadn't even really put a spade in the ground on site, and because okay. we thought that getting cables and things in was much easier if you start yes. early on. And did Tesla tell you what you would actually need to put in? Did they have any particular requirements? So yeah, we knew that definitely they would have to update upgrade the transformers just because we were having those discussions for the site for our units and I guess that triggered us sort of asking them if they wanted to sort of join those those discussions um, and yeah and so, and so I, th- I guess in the early stages it was sort of like a maybe however I think the tides turned I did actually keep that discussion going with them I made sure I kept in touch and right. sort of just kept sort of asking them if you know if anything had changed, and it did sort of change All basically. Right. Yes. And I think that trigger might have been when the Model Three was sort of being pumped out <laughs> and delivered. Right. Okay. And then actually, which started yeah. in the UK in March 2019, I yep. think. Yes, exactly, yep. and it probably ramped up in that year yep. massively. And then their ch- their tune sort of changed, and they sort of said, um, "Yeah, okay, this might be one we want to consider now." Because right. they were sort of rapidly trying to expand their supercharging network. And mean, cater. meanwhile, yeah. had you already put all your cables in the ground and had you updated your improved your transformers? Mm-hmm. Had all that happened? So yeah. So luckily, the car park probably was one of the last things we were going to do anyway. And I see. To be yes. fair, the site's still partly under construction. We haven't done the houses yet. Right. So there's houses on site as well, just to cover that and overnight accommod- accommodation. Um, and so, luckily, we hadn't put the car park in yet and probably yes. with the idea that maybe they would come round into our thinking. Right, yes. okay, so you gave them a lot of leeway. Yeah, we did. Right, so what but, happened yeah. next? So, but we knew it was going to be an, a fantastic site, so they, they changed their tune, they came to visit the site and I think that's when their eyes got opened because at that point we'd already installed our solar panels, so all the roofs oh, have yes. that on there. Right. Um, a massive array over our sort of overnight accommodation unit, if you want to look online on our on our website you can see it all there it's really really impressive yes where was it called again it's called it's <laughs> Flim- flimwell park flimwell yeah yeah, yeah. so f-l-i-m-w-e-l-l okay yeah. flimwell. flimwell park yeah, yeah. Excellent. and so yeah i think that really opened their eyes up and um and again there's so much to do on the site so there's a cafe a restaurant um birchwood fantastic facilities there's a woodland walk so you can Stretch oh, nice. your legs and yes. things like that, and they really saw that. And obviously the solar. And how far from? Well, I don't know where you define central London. How far from the M25? How, how? Yeah, about an hour. So it gets so right. from West okay. London. Yes, yes. Uh, about an hour. An hour. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. that surprises me. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, yeah. So perfect point to then stop and fill up, and then sort of if you want to keep. How far going. to Southampton? <laughs> I, think, I think that's sort of. I think that's sort of more west. south, yeah, yeah okay. and west, yeah, right, exactly. Right, okay. so, yeah. <laughs> All right. Obviously, I only have a loose, uh, a loose impression of geography. <laughs> yeah. I shall have to look this up. Flimwell Park. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, too. I'm curious about the timeline. So mm-hmm. that was March 2019, and they came to the site, visited. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what happened next in the process? Yeah, so then the big transformer discussion, and I think probably global issues of getting these parts and things like that but I was going to say Optimus Prime or yeah. who was the big transformer oh, I do, I, <laughs> but um, I think they I, I, don't know, I, 
I don't know if it's completely correct, but they at least store their own transformers or even make them. So they right. actually didn't okay. even have to go to the lines company to say, can you install it? They said, look, we'll give you one to install. Oh, right. And they jumped those hoops, basically. And oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. So very aggressive in that yes. space. And the minute they want something, they can they can get it. Oh. Um, and actually, they were installed very, very quickly wow. once we got our land land deal agreed. <laughs> but yes. yeah, it was still installed very quickly. Okay. No, I don't need you to give me the specifics of the no. land deal, but... <laughs> yeah. uh, at the same time, it would be nice to know in general terms what is a land deal. What's yeah. the sort of what what kind of options did Tesla offer? Yeah, well, they probably start with very limited, but you know, um, having a old school property developer as a father, he was a bit more <laughs> hard hard on them. Right, but, right. But basically, they demand a certain number of car parks. Yes. They wanted eight. We yes. had very restricted parking on site. Um, yes. So we, we, we haggled down to about six. Yes. Um, so we've got six on there. And then it just talks about, you know, their, their responsibilities are ours and a period of time that they'll be there. So they've, they've got a lease of a length of time, basically. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yep. So it's okay. pretty much like a lease, really. That went well, you know, and they installed pretty quickly after that. Like I said, very aggressive. If they um, want something done, they do get it done. <laughs> so when was the when was the installation? Oh, I think it was, it must have been 2020. And yep. since then, we've had like great feedback. Obviously, all the Tesla groups in the UK are very similar to here, very active. And these charges yeah. are V3 charges. They are, yes. V3 and CCS. Yeah. 250 good. kilowatt. Yes. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's the stats I know. <laughs> yeah. So it's really like the Napier installation, but times two because there's six. There's charges. six of them exactly. And actually, yeah. one comment which I thought was fantastic was one one user said this could be one of the best sites in Europe. So we were very excited oh. about that. Oh, wow. <laughs> simply because you know. of the sustainability aspect. Yes, exactly. Woodlands nearby the cafe, the cafe. facilities. Yeah. So if any of you out there are listening to this and you're thinking, well, I've got all those things in my location, then. There you go. Just approach Tesla, get them excited about the idea. Mm-hmm. We know that they had a lot of difficulty getting superchargers over the line in, in New Plymouth, so why would they not come and support your uh, your area in New Zealand, I'm sure? So if you're listening and you think you've got something similar, then why not try to get a supercharger installed? Sounds a really good idea yeah, to me. definitely, and just keep at it, I'd say. Perseverance is key. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, well, thank you very much for that. Mm-hmm. Now, the last item that we were going to talk about, I think, was to do with the charging etiquette. Mm-hmm. So this is something which you've tackled very nicely for Hikatron. The, the Hikatron website, <laughs> I don't want to keep coming back to Hikatron, but it is a good example. The website contains a list of sort of do's and don'ts. Mm-hmm. And this is not a new idea. Actually, I'm holding here a card from Leading the Charge. And this is from the Better NZ Trust. And these people defined these um, standards to abide by. Now, in the early days, when there weren't many of us driving EVs, we, we all knew about this because we'd seen it at shows and so on. But, of course, we've got a whole new type of person now buying an EV, and they're totally new to all this. Yeah. They, they didn't go to the, you know, the, the events mm-hmm. and those rainy days with a, uh, you know, with a, with a pop-up tent somewhere <laughs> with someone handing out these cards. You know, the people buying a new EV today may not have been to all those. So it's probably important for us to just be aware of, of these points. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, so let's have a look. Uh, point one, all EV types can use public charges. So don't be surprised if you turn up and there's a, uh, a bus plugged mm-hmm. into the yeah. charger. That, yeah. That's been happening, hasn't it? Yes, it has, yeah. Topor lately. Yeah. Um, number two, when to unplug another vehicle. Now, this is contentious, yeah. isn't it? Because... <laughs> In the early days, with the early Nissan Leaf, there was no lock on the plug, so you could easily unplug the plug. Mm-hmm. And the guide was to do it only when it has finished charging or when you've got the permission of the owner. 
It's a little different now, isn't it? Our guide is not to touch it at all, is, is that yeah, correct? Yeah, I think, I guess ours probably comes with a focus on AC charging, um, it being for he- the Heatron network. But um, and I guess in that sense, we lock the cables in because it is obviously a user-provided cable system. So oh, I see. in that sense, it does need more protection than a DC charger. Yeah. However, um, we would say it's never really okay to touch someone else's vehicle, even if it is touching something that is connected to their vehicle. Because mm. things like, you know, what if... It is a new person, they don't understand that it is locked in and they start yanking it. Yes. Or um, my husband has an adapter for his oh, Tesla. Right. What do you do with the adapter if it's just left there? I think new people might not really yes. like find these things out and, or know about them and things like that. So yeah. um, I just think it's never really a good idea to touch other things people's things. But Yes, yeah. so what do we do instead? Well, yeah. I think a good approach instead is probably to leave... Um, some people have been leaving their name and phone <laughs> number on a card and... You know, I, I guess that's acceptable. But I, but I think going forward, the ultimate solution would be perhaps contact ChargeNet if there's a real problem. You know, yeah. if if you feel that somebody's been plugged in for hours and they need to be moved, perhaps contact the the uh, the charging company yeah. provider. Um, or you could use an app like PlugShare, but that relies on the other person using yes, PlugShare exactly. as well. Yeah. It is definitely yeah. a difficult uh, difficult topic, but I think, yeah, we, we don't really want to be going to mass adoption with unplugging culture. No, definitely really not, because, work. as you say, equipment will get damaged. Yeah, and who's liable uh, and things like that start popping up, and, yeah. yeah, we don't really want to go there. <laughs> yeah, good. Okay. I'm glad we've cleared that up. Yeah. All right, so the third one, observe parking limits. Pretty obvious. Yeah. Sometimes it's not so obvious. Sometimes, like the Tesla supercharger in Fangare, it's quite easy to forget that you have you have to pay the council parking fee to park there and leads to step four really Uh, don't set and forget so try to be back at your vehicle before charging actually finishes yes yes so we really want to encourage that i think that also leads on to the sort of unplugging culture you know we really should be rushing back to be back at our vehicles not expecting other people to unplug you so yeah moving away so encouraging that sort of Moving on. Yes. And I think I've been confused by that before. And a couple of weeks ago, somebody parked next to me with their charge port open. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means that I should finish my charge, unplug my car, and plug into theirs. Now, of course, I went one step further and I thought, well, what's the good plugging in unless I start the charger? So I started the charger at my cost. (laughs) And I think the other guy was a bit confused because I saw a note on Messenger saying... You know, can you plug me in when you're finished? And I thought, well, it was already plugged in. And when he got back, it took a few moments to try and work out what on earth was happening. And I, and I said, oh, well, you know, I figured that I may as well just start it. And then when you come back, we can switch it over to, to you. And, yeah. and he says, but you've just given me $5 worth of electricity. And I said, yeah, well, you know, I said, we're, we're nice, us Tesla drivers. <laughs> so, Very generous. <laughs> but I think that the, the fact is that it's all about utilising the resource at the end of the day. We're just trying to actually, you know, make it more efficient for people to to uh, charge. And so leaving your car there and, f- and sort of thinking, oh, I'll get back to it when I'm ready, it's just not good enough no. because it leaves the equipment not used and it leaves somebody else probably having to, to wait, which is not fair. Put, put yourself in that other person's shoes. You, you want the best experience you can have. So sometimes when I've been on long trips and there's been competition for a charger, so... I have to wait, you know, while somebody's finishing charging, and that's okay. I plug in, and then within a few minutes, somebody else turns up. Mm-hmm. What do you do then? Well, I like to sort of imagine that I'm that, that last person that's arrived, 
how long would I be prepared to wait for? And I think sort of 10 to 20 minutes at most. Mm -hmm. So don't simply plug in and think, right, that's it, I'm here for 45 (laughs) minutes. Be a bit more flexible because the chances are one day you'll be that other person. You'll be the one who arrives, unfortunately, just five minutes after the last person arrived. Mm -hmm. And you're now expecting, well, you're hoping that they will... Charge for a slightly shorter time. Mm-hmm. Now, that wasn't actually on this list, but I've, I've <laughs> chosen to add it. And it's just be considerate of other people's charging requirements as well. If, if you don't absolutely need a full charge, don't get a full charge. Mm-hmm. Um, anyhow, number five, charging, not parking. Pretty mm-hmm. obvious, really. Again, we want the equipment to be used. We don't want people to be just leaving their EV parked in the spot after they've finished mm-hmm. charging. And I have seen new people doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, they see yeah. the EV parking as a as a ticket to a free yeah. park. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Actually, Auckland Council want to introduce EV parking only, not with charging on streets. So I I, have, I found that interesting. So I haven't seen that in Europe, <laughs> but I think that could cause Say again, confusion. EV parking only. Yes. So you can park there if you've got an EV. Yeah, in the town centre in the CBD. Yeah, that was part of the draft. Even though there's no charger there. Yeah. Right. So it's sort of like. Yeah, it's like free. Uh, it's like when you have congestion zone, EVs are allowed in yeah. that zone. Yeah. But Auckland Council is going to take it one step further and give EVs a free park while other people don't get a park. That, yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah, isn't it? I mean, I do see that encourages cleaner vehicles into the town centre. Fine. However, I think it really risks muddying the water with you know this etiquette that we're trying yes, to encourage. True. We, we shouldn't be parking no. you know, EVs, <laughs> and no. I don't think people would want to park there and not charge. You know. <laughs> What's the benefit of that? Yeah, what's the point of having an EV park if there's no charge yeah, option? Yeah, yeah exactly. I think that's so, silly. Yeah. Okay, excellent. <laughs> well, thanks for telling us about that. I so, don't know that, about Just that. to be clear, that was the yeah. draft parking strategy for Auckland, oh, right. uh, okay. Auckland Transport. Yes. Just to put that in there. Right, okay. Well, what I'd like to see, obviously, is a variety of relatively low-speed AC charging at all spaces would yep. be really good. I mean, even if you had just had something the equivalent of a 10-amp plug, that would be... You know, better than mm-hmm. nothing. Exactly, because I think yeah. more time you spend on an AC charger, even if it is an hour, the yes. less time you need to spend on a DC charger if you do need to take that to make it home. So, yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, number six, monitor with your phone. So if there are app and text alerts, use them so you know when the charge is finished. Really relates to the previous point about being back by the time the charge finishes. Mm-hmm. Number seven, be nice to ICE. So be a good EV ambassador. So that means if somebody's parked in an EV charging spot, if it doesn't cause you any great difficulty, then try to be lenient. Mm-hmm. If it causes you difficulty, then perhaps leave one of these cards or, or some other means to mm-hmm. inform the person yeah. that they shouldn't do that again. Yeah, I will actually be adding some printable cards to the uh, community group, my, my Facebook group. So um, if you want one to download and print, I can actually provide those for you. I've made them. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, nice. Okay, number eight, e-stop is only for emergencies. Mm. So sometimes it's quite tempting to press the emergency stop. There's nothing really wrong with doing that as long as you you unpress it. So reset it by twisting it to the right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've pressed it to try and fix a problem before. Uh, Sometimes it does fix the problem. Other times it doesn't. Um, Number nine, okay to check progress. Now, this is an interesting one, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And I had to ask you before what this was about, didn't I? So uh, what what does it mean when it says it's okay to check progress? Yes, so I think um, this comes about when maybe there's someone sat in their vehicle charging, actively charging, and another person turns up, for example, and they get out of their vehicle and check the screen that you are using to see what what level you're at. Um, And so I think some people get a bit offended by that, or maybe even think that you perhaps are going to unplug them while they're in the vehicle, haven't sensed that you're there. And I think people can get up and say, oh, hang on a minute, what are you doing? 
Oh, how interesting, because I... Ah, yes, being a Kiwi, I've sort of got an opposite approach to this. Back in the early days, we'd always chat to the person who was there charging. And so it's interesting to sort of think about how that may not be welcome either. So if if you're trying to work out how long somebody's going to be there for, Mm -hmm. perhaps it's better to, as you say, it's okay to check on the progress on the machine rather than having to talk to the person. Because after all, that person might be on a phone call or something. They don't really appreciate being interrupted. Yeah, exactly. And I've I've been in that situation. So in Hamilton, actually, I do find people do chat to you a bit more. People like me. Yeah, it it might just be you two there and it's fine. But in Auckland, it is already a different scene. I was there waiting with four other vehicles um, for the one charger. And yeah. yeah, someone... A few people checked uh, the screen, didn't sort of knock on my window to say hi, and that's fine, you know. <laughs> right, right, I see. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. we're basically saying that the way to do it is to check on the machine rather mm-hmm. than to interrupt the yeah. person charging. <laughs> okay, well, that's excellent. And final point 10, these are your stations. Mm-hmm. So what that means is that we're responsible for actually looking after them. We need to make sure that we're not dropping the lead on the ground, mm-hmm. we're not backing into the bollards, we're not damaging them mm-hmm. and litter yeah. as well is a big one in, in europe right uh, people think that it's this place and time to empty your car and clean oh, it that's out just amazing, isn't <laughs> it? That's, yeah. oh yeah i know why that is I, I in the early days when the tesla superchargers were first installed mm-hmm. in topol i was there in a leaf just next to them and a lady in a mercedes pulled up mm-hmm. and she asked me do you know how to use these mm-hmm. and i said oh the tesla superchargers oh she says i thought they were vacuum cleaners <laughs> that's funny so okay, she yeah. thought she'd start, I guess, by turfing all the rubbish out of the car and yeah. giving it a nice yeah, vacuum. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, on that note, that's the end of the charger etiquette uh, points. Anything else you were going to add to that? As I said, I, I thought of one partway through, which was to be considerate of the charging needs of other people mm-hmm. when sharing a, a charger. Of course, we hope that there will be sufficient chargers going forward, but it's inevitable that there's going to be times when the, there's is a shortage of yeah. high-speed chargers. Yeah, I think mainly just spread the word as well. Uh, hopefully these little cards can um, get out there. But yeah, if you've got friends with, who are new to EVs and who've got some of this stuff seems very obvious to us now because obviously we've experienced it all, but you know, new, newbies need a bit of help to sort of understand the ways of EV driving, so it really helps to spread the word. And that's really why we thought we'd have this chat today. We know we've got a few new listeners out there, and so it's great that we can have this conversation, mm-hmm. I think, and explore the, uh, the aspects of charging. Right, well, you've been very generous with your time today, yeah. Steph, and I'm sure you've got other work to be, uh, to be getting <laughs> back to. Thanks again for your time. Yeah. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. (laughs) All the best.